welcome to Illuminata Podcast. This is Charlotte, but there is also Emily and Christina, and we are three science postgraduate students that initially met at the University of Queensland. Here we want to share the voice of brilliant women shaping the future of agriculture. If you want to feel empowered and inspired, keep listening. everyone and welcome to another episode of Illuminata. Today I have the pleasure to introduce you the new member of our Illuminata team. She's Cristina Ocaña Gallegos and currently works as the Food Systems Agricultural Coordinator at Washington State University Skagit Extension. She recently completed her master's degree in crop science and she did her honors in the Hickey Lab at Coffee, uh, the University of Queensland. Welcome Cristina. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to join. Yay! <laughs> yes, I mean, it's great to have you here. I mean, it, I think we should definitely uh, tell everyone how do we know each other? Because <laughs> we yes. definitely go way back. And you you take start, it. You can start. I, I take it. Okay, so I met Christina. She was in my in my lab at Ihiki Lab. And I met her like my first year of PhD. And she was working on this massive project with Kinoa and just one friend. We just we were super friends. <laughs> and she's an amazing woman in agriculture. So that's why we, we decided to have her with us because, I mean, she's the best. <laughs> we need her. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And the interesting thing is that actually I know Christina because we both were part of uh, the... Um, scholarship program from Ecuador so we know from there and I think the fact that then I knew Charlotte but Charlotte was already friends Christine I think that was the first thing I told Charlotte when I met you it was like I know that our common connection is Christine so in the end like I, I think the three of us just found each other <laughs> Yeah, so I'm the link, but the funny thing is I, I was never there. Like when you guys started to hang out more, I wasn't no, there. And you left already. Yeah. <laughs> I left Australia already. I yeah. think I attract just Ecuadorian person, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. And, and we're very happy to have you in our team. I think we're going to be crafting so many things and awesome, having awesome projects within the Illuminata yes. Uh, I think pro pro project because obviously we the fact that we are all all of us in different countries and and so for for you for Christina that's the US Charlotte Europe me here in Australia so I think we can combine our <laughs> efforts and just invite people from different um, yeah from different projects in agriculture and hopefully we can make this conversation bigger and continents. Europe, Australia, yeah, and more America, we're all over. <laughs> more diverse at the same time. Yes. yes. We're going to start with the personal question as we used to do it. So can you please give us a quick biography, like where you're from, childhood, life path, so people can get to know you better? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So, well, as you already mentioned, I'm from Ecuador. I'm currently living in Washington state in, in the USA. My childhood was very happy. I was a happy kid, but I was also a very protected kid because I'm the only child. So breaking free from that was 
like a big challenge in my life, I guess. Um, and I've just been lucky to, I always liked studying, which like, <laughs> yeah, I was kind of nerdy. And I guess it's good because that led me to like good universities and scholarships. And I'm very proud of that. And I'm really thankful. So yeah, I just completed my master's a month or two ago. So that's nice. I'm happy to be done uh, with my academic journey for just for now at least um and I started working and, and life is good I think that's awesome how long then have you been living um in the U.S. so far it's just been over a year maybe a year and a half yeah I moved here last January in the middle of COVID which was really scary because that was before the vaccines so I had to take the plane I wasn't vaccinated I was really scared I didn't go to the bathroom <laughs> during the flight I didn't eat because uh, I was so afraid of just expose my nose or my mouth um, but yeah so I've been here for a year and a half all right and before that it, it was um, living in Australia right yes before that I lived in Australia for five years yeah in Brisbane uh-huh. that's where we met but like yes. how was how was the changing between like Ecuador, Australia, and the U.S.? I guess each country has its own beauty and its own disadvantages as well. So, yeah, there's pros and cons in every country, really. And But the main thing is that if you find people that you can call family in a new country, then that's that's pretty much like one of the main things for you to be able to call a place home. So, yeah, that's... Yeah, there's a lot of changes in economy, in the environment, safety, um, health, insurance, things, you know, a lot of changes across countries. But yeah, definitely people make, make, makes it like home. Next question is your dream aspiration when you were a child? Yeah, this question's funny because I was thinking about what I, when I was like really young, what I, what did I want to be? And my earliest, um, my earliest memory is uh, me being in a bus, and then I was looking out the window, and there was like this policeman, and I, I just thought, wow, a policeman is so powerful, and like they control the traffic, and so <laughs> I remember like wanting to be a policeman or policewoman. Uh, so it's really funny. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, my mom actually also wanted to be policewoman at some point in her life um uh-huh. but then my grandma said no I don't know why you know it's like so changed but I always also saw like people in the military and even my brother is in there but I always also thought that it was such a interesting career uh-huh. um being in the, like the video forces <laughs> it's like the video of Beyonce you know like the song if you if I was a boy, no, if I were a boy, something like this. Oh. <laughs> She's a police, yeah, police woman. <laughs> police woman, yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Random. I also I also remember my mom being like, oh my God, no, you cannot be a police woman. Like that's not good, you know. Like she was really opposed to it. Why not? Why not? I don't know. I don't know. Um anyway. But then after that I wanted to be an astronaut. And then all of my peers uh, copied me. They were like, I want to be an astronaut too. And then everyone wanted to be an astronaut. So I was like, okay, no, I don't want to be that anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then 
as a teenager, I kind of started to get into politics because I feel like, like I was a good leader and like, you know, like I, I almost saw a future there, but then I had like a little bad experience uh, with corruption at a very, very early stage. And that made me change paths completely. So yeah. what happened? Oh, uh, so in Ecuador, we have, you can vote for, to have a little, um, ¿Cómo se dice? Consejo. Consejo estudiantil. Concilia. Uh, con, uh, counselor. Con, con. It's called <laughs> like the student body. Like the society, the student society or the student body, president, something like that. Yeah, uh, like you, you vote to have a president and then like a vice president and a, and a secretary. And so I was, I was running for president of my school, which was a really big whoa. deal of my high school. But then there was another boy. There was two other boys. Uh, two boys and me and then one of the other boys was like the popular cute guy and we all thought maybe he's gonna win but then and then the other the other guy uh he was a bit of an underdog but he was somehow related to uh, the owner of the high school and oh, mm -hmm. he had his mom also worked uh in the high school oh, okay. as a teacher okay and so he had these connections you know that i didn't have and the other guy didn't have either so in the end i didn't win and the popular guy didn't win either and the other guy won and that just made it a bit weird like it was probably um, very obvious to everyone else that there was yeah it yeah. was and there were some things because we were also allowed to have say like before the voting we were allowed to have like a little party and then we we could bring like uh, an inflatable castle or we can bring things for people to enjoy and just like a political campaign you know where you give people things <laughs> you then buy their boats yeah literally free, free but, pizza like, for everyone <laughs> like, yeah but like you weren't supposed to gift anything like just entertain okay. the people but then okay. we knew that like he was giving away something like little 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 bits like snacks or you know little things but you know, like you weren't supposed to you know and so that that made me really mad and i was like you know what forget it like i'm so done with it <laughs> out of the way and then you went to yeah. science then uh-huh yeah. yes but we got but did you have uh -huh. any model role model that inspired you or um i don't know for me I don't think I have many, um, in my professional life, I don't really have many role models. I mean, I definitely admire many scientists, uh, but yeah, I thought we were gonna get to that question later because to be honest, for me, a role model, I would look more uh, at the spiritual side of things. So I really like the people that, yeah. I mean, it's, it's fine if you work and you enjoy your work uh, but I believe in life and work balance. And I also believe that there's more than just working in life. So for me, yeah, my, my role models would be like spiritual gurus and I could give you some names, but I don't know if that's what you're interested in. Oh, that's, that's like interesting that you're seeing like that, like it's different from all the other people that we interviewed. And yeah, very different. From us, me too. I have role models, something that can guide me from their experience. Mm -hmm. but like it's most like a professional thing like something yeah it, it, I'll go, like, a it's a <laughs> like a mentor for for you that you have tried. yes a mentor yeah but it doesn't mean that I want to be that person I just want to fall like uh, as an example or as a possibility or 
us to learn from them, from their mistake as well. I, I, I consider that having some mentorship, um, it's, it's super valuable because I think as a first generation student or even scientist in families, like we had to discover all of those yes. things, how to navigate academic life or even how, yeah. you know, how to even apply for scholarships. Mm -hmm. Like just by ourselves, uh, we... I, in my experience, for example, never really had anyone that could guide me through those processes. And now, you know, it's all new, new steps, how to get into the, into the real life jobs or even, yeah, like when you progress through your life, I think that different people will have a different sort of role in your life. And perhaps if you're lucky to get a mentor and someone can yeah, just give you general guidelines on how to approach, that would be nice. Mm -hmm. So did yeah. you ever have um, sort of similar a mentor through your perhaps um, uni or years as well? I mean, I wish I could give you a more cliche answer <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I look up to Albert Einstein or something. But honestly, I haven't. And I just feel like in every stage of my life, there's always been someone there for, to guide me. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of trusting that someone is gonna be there to guide you you know and I mean I'm, I'm I'm just lucky that my family has always been there they are constant in my life and I'm extremely grateful for them they might not be they might not know how to fill out uh, scholarship applications but they <laughs> forged my personality and my character enough um, to you know to go through those stages so yeah I'm sorry I cannot give you a name um, no, that's yeah fine. <laughs> That's this fine. is good as well. It this is a good fine. answer as well. That's perfect. Okay. Let's go. So mm -hmm. let's go with the career career wise questions. <laughs> Christina, what inspired you to pursue career in science? And tell us more about exactly sort of the bits of work that you've done on your projects and what was the most interesting things. Sure. So, um, well, as I mentioned, I didn't have much luck in politics, <laughs> in very early politics. So I was like, um, okay, then like, I'm just gonna switch completely. And I, I guess I always was very interested in plants and just environment. I was always very aware of environmental issues. So it, it was something important for me. So I decided to go with that and I actually chose biotechnology because one day very randomly I was chatting with a friend and I asked her what are you doing I just texted her texted her and she gave me like the most specific answer she was like oh I'm just at the lab uh, like working with some bacteria so that they can eat up like oil spills or something and I was like what like that was so crazy and then I was like oh yeah biotechnology is a thing so then like that kind of made me choose biotechnology and I chose plants because I like plants. So yeah, they, like my bachelor's at UQ and during my my final year before honors, I also went on to Denmark and for the first time I saw a quinoa plant and fell in love with quinoa. <laughs> it's really funny that I just found this Andean plant in Denmark and I've never seen it before in Ecuador and that just shows that this connection um, between the people in the city and the people in the rural areas growing our food you know but anyways I just fell in love and then I started working on quinoa uh, I did it through my honors 
and I did it through my master's as well. So yeah, I've just learned a bunch about quinoa and it's, it's a really amazing plant and crop. And did you become um, involved in like the breeding of quinoa? Uh, kind of, I guess I'm, I've been working mostly in pre-breeding. So I never actually did any crosses, but I guess I just didn't know how resilient it can be for drought, for salinity. Um, and also it has a lot of diversity, like genetic diversity. So there is all of those biological components, but then there's also the, it's cultural heritage. Yeah. It brings me back to my childhood eating quinoa soup in yeah. my house. You know, like it's like <laughs> a little thing that it make like it reminds me like, hey, you're from the Andes. And like doesn't matter where you are. So I, I just thought that connection was so beautiful. And yes, yeah, I, I can relate. Love it. Because obviously uh -huh. also grew up, never saw the plant either. Never saw the uh -huh. plant either, no? Uh -huh. To be honest, um, so that's very interesting as well. I have a question about you and the, the career. Like, how was for you the, the switch like? Because you were in Ecuador and after you decided to do your bachelor in, in Australia. Mm. And like this decision was hard on you or you just, how, how did you come to go to you, to, to, to the University of Queensland from Ecuador? Why and <laughs> how? <laughs> Well, I was lucky that my dad had been at UQ before doing like a short course and he really liked it. So he encouraged me to, to go there. And then I also just thought, well, I have a scholarship, so I'm just gonna go as far as, far as possible <laughs> as I can. Uh, and I'm, I'm really glad I just listened to my dad's advice because yeah, Australia is a beautiful, beautiful country and Brisbane is equally beautiful. So yeah, the transition was not easy for sure. English, I mean, like just speaking in English and all of that was really hard at first, really, really hard. I always tell people that like, it took me like a few months to understand the jokes of people. That's how you know you're finally understanding someone yes. when you give the jokes. Oh, yeah, yeah. you don't get them. Just the general, general. You don't humor. get the jokes yet, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sarcasm. When you are able to get it, then yeah, uh -huh. you know you're doing some progress there. Yeah, yeah. Because before that, I would just laugh because everyone else was laughing, but I, I didn't actually understand, you know. Um, so that's yeah, my life. Yeah. <laughs> that took a while. I was lucky that. There were a few Ecuadorians in Brisbane, in UQ, and just having that support network was really nice because... Yeah, it's always, it's like your roots, so mm. it's always good. It's your people. <laughs> um, yes, and, yes. and then, and, and then you, you, you finished your, your bachelor and you went back to, to Ecuador and you did your master in the US, so that, that also was a change. What was the, the most different thing that you experienced in the U.S. compared like, to Australia? What was like the most thing that you were like, oh my God, it's so different here? Well, the seasons, obviously, it's everything's upside down. So when it's summer in Australia, it's winter here and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also didn't expect it to like it this much because I had a bit of a negative image of the USA because you hear things, you know. So I wasn't really... I, I was a little scared, but it's turned out great. And then differences, I think mostly in the economics, I feel like Australia was a little slightly bit cheaper, 
but here you have taxes and that, that messes things up. And also just the healthcare system is not that well, it's not that well um, set up. I, I remember as a an, as an student in Australia, I paid very little for whatever healthcare I needed, which was awesome. But here it's extremely expensive. So that's, that's one, yeah, that's a really big issue here. I guess. Um, and your study, like in terms of ed education experiments and how was it, it was different between you, between Australia and like at the University of Queensland, your university? I mean, uh, it wasn't that different because I was doing all my experiments in the greenhouse so I am, I'm already familiar with how the greenhouse works and you know happily the institutions have all that, that you need there like there's no lack of resources you know so the only one thing was that I had to keep keep on going every day during winter that was kind of hard because when it's snowing outside uh, it's hard to drive but it's minor things you know good so what are your current projects and like we are currently working on it in the US. Yeah, so I decided to take a little break of academia because after writing my thesis, I was really worn out. But I don't want to stop working uh, for agriculture because I know it's really important. And so right now I'm working to support Latin farmers in Washington state because there's a lot of Latin migrants in here in this area. And so yeah, we, we do, I, I support um, a lot of events or workshops, education for them. And yeah, that's the main, my main role right now. And it's just nice to build relationships with people again, because for the longest time I was working in the greenhouse and it's nice, like I like it, you know, but it got a bit lonely in the end. So it's just nice to be back uh, talking to people. And I'm getting a much broader view view of like the food systems, you know, like we get all of these people working in different crops and different things. And it's awesome. So I guess I was focused on like a, a tiny thing before, which was quinoa. And now my horizons just broadening and it's really nice. Yeah, that's cool. Can you give us an example of what you're doing, like an example of your day, what were you doing? A day in the life. Uh, uh, <laughs> a day in the life. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, uh, it changes every day. The most exciting days, I get to go out on farm walks. There's like another podcast that the Washington State University has, and it's called Farm Walks. So you actually go to a farm and you talk to the farmer and they tell you, this is what I do. This is how I do it. This is the good, the bad. And you get to meet people and you get to see the farm and how things grow. So that one's awesome. That's like my favorite one. Then there are other days when I'm just in the computer and I'm doing a bunch of translation or when I just provide technical assistance to the farmers here because many of them have very low literacy levels or they don't speak English or they don't have internet or they don't have a computer, you know, they just, they know how to grow things, but that's it. And so we also provide that technical assistance. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's a bit of what I do. That's cool. That's oh, interesting. So that's really interesting. Oh yeah. Cause I was going to ask you that you get to talk to them in Spanish then. Mm -hmm. but, yes. Oh, great. Okay. Yes. Yes. But what is interesting is that we think, or at least here, they think 
Latino or Latina equals Hispanic equals Spanish. And those are three very different things. And one thing I was very surprised to learn here was that most of the people here, they are indigenous people. They don't, Spanish is not their first language. So they speak other indigenous languages. And so I need to oh, right. just, use, okay. just use more basic Spanish because that's not their, their, their main language. And so I just, just go a bit more basic. Oh, that's interesting. Is it because they come from other countries or where they're like, native uh-huh that state yes they i mean they're they're from other countries uh -huh. uh, but they're indigenous people um mostly so that was interesting to me because i mean yeah you hear there's a lot of mexican people in the u.s and then you think oh every old mexicans speak spanish but then that's not the case yeah yeah many, many indigenous um, languages that they mm -hmm. yeah that's that's right okay how do you handle then the variety or you know like the translation of messages then if it means that they uh, either don't speak english that very well as i said just keep it basic you know when yeah they they know enough spanish to understand but just keep it basic and yeah just being patient oh okay That's a long way too <laughs> but what about they grow they grow like the like the the same thing that or they grow something special as well? So here there's a lot of specialty crops. So Washington has a lot of apples, cherries, berries, pears, wine. Uh, I mean, grapes for wine. So there's those mm -hmm. are considered specialty crops. So a lot of horticulture. Uh, there's some grains as well, but yeah. So yeah, mostly specialty crops. Okay. I really like the part where you said um, that you know, during the studies, you focus on part, on one particular plant. In this case, it was quinoa. But then, moving on to this job, you're able to focus on agriculture more generally. You know, and and help people and start those conversations. So that's you know also a reminder of how a career in ag sort of can become, yeah, that diversify a bit as you go um, after studying for many years. Yes, and it's also I'm from a different country speak another language that also is like a, a bonus here like that's what they were looking for so it's not just about your academic degree it's also about like what else you have you know so now that we talked about your path in science and the job that you now have or the the, the, the work that you're currently doing in agriculture what advice would you give to a younger girl also that wants to enroll in stem and just uh, start or yeah get involved in the agricultural sciences i guess one very uh, specific advice would be to study english because like it or not <laughs> english is like a global language and it will get you places so that's the most practical advice that i would give and then other advice is just put yourself out there and net just network because people people can really help you to get to where you are. I mean, yeah, your qualifications and your skills are important, but making that human connection is also extremely important. Yeah, that's very that's very true. First of all, I think English is um, yeah, we <laughs> all learn sort of in schools, but until you give um, you know living abroad a go, then you probably <laughs> will kind of experience what is you know the real 
world applications of actually learning a second language you get involved in this school i don't know programs masters undergrad or even phd if you want to so it's definitely like if people have the resources to to study english that's very true yeah definitely go for it even if you can learn another language it's always yeah yeah i was gonna say yeah just learn languages and like do it while while you're in school or high school when you're still like like not too busy you know you don't have to worry yeah. about rent or getting food like those things that come with adulthood yeah. adulthood <laughs> oh yeah good <laughs> then and, and you a lot of connection yeah and you mentioned the connection yeah building that as a strategy and that's very true because obviously just networking i think um we we get to do it more as you get involved in academic events and sort of that but i feel like even networking is early on like for example i know in high schools you can get involved in i don't know olympiads on on things like that you know where you go out there and do stuff get experiences and experience just go out there and offer help you know people like other people that are higher up than you they're always looking for help so just go and offer help be like hey uh, can i help you with this or can i volunteer for this or whatever and like that's yeah it's a good starting point you can just send email to people yeah they will too. respond they eventually yeah. <laughs> i mean we grew up uh, in the era where there was internet was just like starting out <laughs> so yeah, i would yeah. not even know how to like for example use the internet to meet people overseas uh like for example yeah, inquiring true. about programs or universities it's just it's funny looking back <laughs> thinking yeah. that the internet really only like took off uh, with all of the social media and the, the websites you know having all the information yeah. you no no it's that's easy through twitter linkedin like like it's oh, yeah. easy to send an email and say hi i'm interested in this <laughs> can i come yeah. <laughs> can you do sure. an internship here yeah like for example during university you can try getting some experience in a lab trying out volunteering or trying out a summer yes. scholar or winter scholarship and things like that uh, for example that's one of the things that i wish i had done more but i was the same mm -hmm. like i was just you know get, getting to know how things work around a bit scared so i think if, if there's one also like recommendation or advice to younger people is just get involved in things and put yourself out there so yeah yeah definitely get you to places so it's it's good to try it yeah. out and try to get all the opportunities that came that are coming to you just be bold okay mm -hmm. we are coming to the end to the end of our interview and we have our last question that is my favorite <laughs> what advice would you give to your younger self oh boy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean I'm sorry I, I just feel like uh, all the answers I'm giving you are not as related to work in academia as you would like me to but I mean it's just like yeah, no 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 you know, I love life that. in general too yeah yeah <laughs> I guess my um, yeah what I would tell my younger self is like don't be afraid to ask for help when you need it and yeah just that it applies for so many things um but in my case i had really bad anxiety during college and i didn't do anything about it and i suffered through it and if i really could go back in time and just 
spare me all pain. Um, I would I would do that. And I, I want to be open about it now as well with everyone out there that might be going through the same. Like, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to take medication. It's okay to go to the doctor. You know, all those things I wish someone told me. So yeah, that, that, that's my specific case, but that applies for a lot of things. So yeah, and thank, thank you for mentioning that and being open about it, because I feel like um, really they, uh, doing these doing degrees studying for many years does take a toll on your mental health yes. essentially and it's something that we don't talk about it too much because you know it's like you wanted this uh you wanted mm -hmm. a degree you wanted this but at the same time there's comes with a lot of work and sacrifice and you sacrifice yeah. a bit of yourself on the way there and that's yes. example, one of the things that we both Cheryl and I can relate after this <laughs> whole PhD yes. experience, which is and not just us, I think yeah. other people as well. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, if I could go back to my younger self, it would be similar. It's uh -huh. the same. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, just if you need help, if you're really struggling with something, just just reach out to people, to your friends, your family, don't be ashamed. Just just something about it because even when it seems like there isn't a solution, like there is, you might be surprised. There's a lot of things. There is always know. a solution. There is <laughs> always a solution. Always, 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 always. Yes. Here in Australia, we we celebrated. Are you okay? Day. I don't know if you remember, but it's always the eighth of September, ah. and where we try to be more open about it and say, ask people, are you okay? But at the same time, you know, some people sort of bring this context into context as well and say, well. But also people need to be ready or more prepared to receive no for an answer. What happens when someone tells you I'm not doing okay? Mm -hmm. How would you, you cope that? And, and I think the more that we talk about it, perhaps it will be more easier for us to, to exactly say, as, as Christina, you said, reach out to a therapist if you really need to talk about that openly, whether you need more extra help. Those resources, I think, can become available to you yeah and it's fine like it's fine to not feeling fine like it's completely normal but it's yeah. not something that you expected it just suddenly hits you exactly yeah it was everything was going well and then suddenly you're like i feel all i feel <laughs> weird what is this feeling inside of me and you are <laughs> obviously obviously with the pandemic and everything it's just now I think it, it just sort of brought all that up to the surface that we do tend to struggle, especially in isolation. And this writing of the thesis is the clear example. Of so I'm, mm. I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're taking a break for your yeah. Yeah, mental you. health. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's like no, a break, but it's not really a break. So yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting me. And I'm really excited to join the journey of Illuminata. Yay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you for listening another episode of the Illuminata podcast. I hope you enjoyed and stay tuned for the next episode.